0: what your intention is, that's what is going to grow in the ads, that's what is going to be shown in your offer or anything that we advertise. So we make sure that their intentions are right. And sometimes we got stuck with people who do not, you know, want to impact people rather than just make money. So I think that's the number one mistake that people make.
1: This is episode two of Strictly Motivation with founder of influence building agency, Experts Bio. Please help me welcome slogan. Welcome to a new episode of Strictly Motivation. My name is Romit Jaitwani, and I'm your host for this show. Each week I will be interviewing modern day entrepreneurs with multiple figure online businesses. We'll be diving deep to reveal the secrets behind their mindset and marketing so that you can adopt the systems and strategies responsible for their success in this episode of strictly motivation I'm excited to have slogan he runs a multiple-figure agency called experts bio to help and empower experts to build their influence online amongst his roster of high-profile clients is the well-known success Kyan in this episode we discuss his journey of switching careers from civil engineering to becoming a trainer and then building an agency we unlock his secrets to what online coaches should do when they are getting started, the frameworks behind high converting Facebook ads, and the habit that everyone must adopt to achieve success. Keep your notebook handy because trust me, you'll want to take notes. Without further ado, let's dive in. Slogan, thank you so much for being on Strictly Motivation. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> thank you so much for you know having me here. It's it's such a pleasure that I'm I'm here just because of this reason, so that a uh, three years before me is able to find some kind of a motivation to stick to this journey to the point where I am right now. So let's inspire people, let's share our stories and see what happens there.
1: Absolutely, and I'm really excited to decode your mindset to really understand what were the driving factors to your success in these three years. And then we're gonna dive into all the fun marketing strategies that you feel are applicable to the new coaches and the new speakers and trainers who are migrating their business online or who are just starting out. They are like the league of new entrepreneurs. So be ready to share some value because this is what this podcast is all about. And I'm excited to dive into your experiences and learning. So my first question to you, Slogan, is no one is born into digital marketing. Obviously, we always have some kind of traditional start before we realize The potential of digital marketing so i want you to just share with the listeners what was your traditional backstory or what did you study and when did that shift happen where you realized that oh digital marketing okay this is something that's interesting this is something that i can do so what were you doing before and how did that happen
0: right so this could be kind of crazy but i'm a civil engineer i'm a (laughs) I did my engineering, I completed my engineering in 2014. In third year of engineering, I figured out engineering is not something for me. And when I attended the interview, when I was in my final year, the guy who said I was selected, he was saying that he said the same exact same thing. Like if you work for the next 15 years, you'll feel that you would be in a position where you'll be sitting in my chair, you'll be feeling successful, and then you'll be happy. So I was like no I want happiness right now (laughs) so let me figure out uh, what I should do. So anyways that was one you know of the jobs that I got. After that I got into uh, self-development industry where I wanted to figure out what exactly I wanted to do with my life. So uh, inside journey I started with uh, Brendan Butcher, Tony Robbins and people like them. Then I somewhere felt I have to be a trainer because I had the skill of talking and nice presentation skills. So a god-given thing so i wanted to utilize that so that's when uh, you know when i wanted to be a trainer i i should market myself so that's when i got into marketing it's not i didn't know what is digital marketing and stuff like that but i started attending events uh, and i understood what exactly i should do in order to get people into my events when i when i built my first funnel and got people in my live event, everyone was amazed because i was no one in the training industry even though I had very few people uh, in the event, but everyone was amazed by the kind of responses that I got. It was a paid ticket as well. So yeah, that's that's where my journey started.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And going from being a civil engineer, and I'm sure that was a, a consequence of someone else's decision. But by the time you realize that the person who said that in 15 years will be where I'm sitting, I think I wish... A lot of people should be told that so that they realize that, oh, 15 years, I don't want to take so much time. So I think that's really remarkable. If I may ask, how old were you when this happened, when the training actually started for you to become a trainer? When did that happen?
0: I, I was 23, I guess. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's that's awesome. So that's really like a ripe age to surrender yourself to the idea that I want to develop myself. I want to learn and tap into what's really possible for me what exactly were you wanting to train other people on what was that domain that you had chosen for yourself
0: okay so this when i started my career i was in chennai but my first posting was in delhi didn't know a word in hindi never been out of uh, chennai or you know Nadu, would say so that was a bold decision that i made so i thought to myself if i can make bold decisions and there were a lot of struggles that i faced i still was able to figure out things and uh, live the life that i wanted there so i thought okay maybe why not give people a framework on how they can actually build the confidence towards doing what they actually want to do and not listen to the society uh, not listen to the people around them and actually be happy so that's that's where it started and yeah it's going well (laughs)
1: That's amazing. So how many years back was this?
0: I'm 28 right now, so this is 5 years back.
1: Okay, wow. So that is amazing. And when we're talking about 5 years back, we're talking about 2016 or 17 probably and were you really active online or was it just predominantly just an offline exercise how did that transition happen to uh, utilizing the internet to market yourself i was
0: there on facebook and instagram but not so much of a content creator or a consumer as well but when i started exploring about how i can become a trainer how i can bring people into the events that's when i figured out maybe i should do facebook ads maybe i should do Google ads that's the first time I hear about from a business perspective. I saw that I can advertise and actually bring people into my events and create the impact that I wanted. So that was my first first thing about online.
1: And that's amazing. And you were doing live events. Like, how many people would be in these live events, average?
0: Not not so much. I just uh, conducted one event. Again, it was uh, around 10 people were not my friends, and five were friends actually. So it was a 15 member paid event i would say i lost money in that event but still you know everyone was impressed (laughs) that i was even able to get people so
1: yeah i completely agree with you on the fact that it's really not about the numbers it's about seeing an idea of yours come into reality to manifest what you thought because when you think about doing something in your mind it's an idea and the only way to fuel an idea is by acting on it but when you when you see People respond to your offer to teach them, to train them. And they physically come to an event. They paid money. It doesn't matter about those numbers. The first time is the best experience because that's when you get that validation that what you're doing is right. And that fuels the energy required for, you know, the next part of your journey because you have that sense of confidence that, oh, this worked. You know, I can do it again. And that that feeling is priceless. So when you uh, got into the training industry, and especially since you know you're you're just new, nobody knows you, and there are already so many other trained speakers who have been in the industry for long enough, it takes a certain mindset to really follow through, even with the idea of leaving a traditional career and pursuing, I would say, an unconventional career. I mean, it's not so unconventional now, but five years back, you know, you would not have that many civil engineers turning into a trainer. It was it was the road less traveled, right? If you had to identify a few role models that really catalyzed this for you, who would those top three role models be for you?
0: Actually, before Brendan Richard, I was reading the book called as The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. So that's where everything started. Then Brendan Buchet. After that, Tony Robbins. Then uh, Russell Brunson. Then a lot of people left, of course. But uh, this is where it started. It's, it's not simple. Like when, when I started this thing, I did not share this with anyone. I had this mentality from my childhood where if I'm doing something, uh, if I'm going to try something new, I do not share it with people because I know someone would say, you know, something. So I try to stay away from the negative thoughts or negative comments or something like that. So I tried to avoid talking about it with people. And I get into a frame of mind where I listen to a lot of people who have actually achieved what I wanted to achieve. So I wake up every day. I listen to uh, stories of how uh, Tony and Brenton has helped a lot of trainers uh, be where they are right now. And I prime myself to that point and I start talking and stuff like that. So I made my first video. (laughs) It was crazy. I still look back to it and... uh... (laughs) I'm not proud of it, but I am proud of the way I started it. So yeah.
1: Absolutely. I think I'm glad that you brought that up because there are so many people probably listening right now who feel that, oh my God, recording a video, that seems like how am I gonna be able to do that? What will people say? What will people think? Oh no, and they just let that fear overtake any chance of them actually going and recording the video. And you always remember your first but it was that first video that led to the second video and then the third and the fourth and now we're like a hundred videos later and it's like we can wake up one morning and just record a video and it'll be okay but that really speaks of overcoming those challenges in your life overcoming those obstacles because i firmly believe that every challenge is an opportunity to grow and the more you grow the sooner you transform so In your first year, you're 23, you're training, you've done your first live event. How did you take it further? Because I personally believe that when you get outside your comfort zone, then you're experiencing new challenges. But with new challenges come new possibilities as well. So what are the possibilities that opened up for you on that path? I felt there were big trainers who didn't know
0: how to bring in clients for their events or attendees for their events. And on the other end, I was getting invites to talk in colleges and stuff. So these were the two opportunities that uh, came in. And of course, uh, there are these other benefits where people actually think that you're a thought leader because you're putting out a video. Those kind of, you know, small things were really making me happy. It was actually impacting people. And I got a lot of messages saying that, hey, I'm able to resonate with this. Thank you for sharing this video. All these things were new for me. And it felt so good that I started
1: doing this. So yeah,
0: that's where (laughs) it started.
1: Amazing. So that's where you decided, okay, I can help others who want to drive traffic to their events. And I also want to continue doing videos. How did things move ahead from there? Like, Did you start helping clients in driving traffic to their events? And how was that experience?
0: How I got my first client is since I got into this training industry, I was in touch with a lot of trainers and uh, they started asking me, how the hell did you actually do it? Because you're no one. So I started helping them out with building out funnels and, you know, creating Facebook ads and doing all the automations and stuff like that. And uh, that's where I got my name in the market as this was going along i was invited to a couple of colleges and stuff like that so there i went on speaking about personal development so when comparing between speaking in front of stages and and the agency speaking in front of stages was good it made me feel good but it was not as promising as it is for a you know experienced guy or a girl because they pay well for an experience but for me it was not the case so here i was getting paid uh, to get people to other people's events. So, and I was super interested with this. I like connecting with people. So that's exactly what brought me into the world of marketing also. So when I compare that me with the person who is in this industry, it's all about connecting with people and sharing your stories and experiences with them and see if it is actually helping them.
1: Awesome. So this technically means that you started doing agency work and you were providing done for you services for these clients, but let's backtrack a little bit. You mentioned that you started providing services that included Facebook advertising, building out funnels. So this also comes through self-education. So did you decide, okay, I'm going to learn all this and then I'm going to approach clients or did you just learn as you went along?
0: I wanted to host my first event. I didn't know what to do at all. Good that I came across uh, Siddharth Rajshigar and Gopal at that time. Facebook ads, I learned from uh, uh, Gopal. So I learned Facebook ads from him. Plus, uh, Siddharth was all about the holistic approach of digital marketing at that time. So these are the two people who helped. And I do not get into anything until and unless I know what I'm doing. So I I like to be, I don't like uncertainty. So I experimented what I learned uh, by hosting my own event. Then when, you know, I have my own testimonial of see, this is what I did. Imagine what I can do for you. That's when uh, I started getting my first clients, but it was really painful without Siddharth or without Gopal figuring out Facebook ads and funnels would have been insane, but thank God they were there.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And I want to just speak about the significance of having a mentor. What are your thoughts on how important mentorship is?
0: I do not like uncertainty, so I go with people who already know stuffs, but I see a lot of people who prefer both. Some people, they wanted to learn from people who have already done it. Some, they wanted to do it on their own and watch YouTube videos and stuff like that. But as for my my point of view, what I would suggest is taking up something with the person who has already been through the path that you want it to be. It can be an internship with that person. It can be a course that person is selling. It can be anything. But you should know what the person is doing in order to get there as soon as possible. It's it's as simple as, why do you have to reinvent the wheel? Why do you have to you know go through the rough process of figuring out things when there is someone who knows what to do, what exactly to do at what time, what mistakes you would do when you do the first step? and between the second step. So I prefer going with a mentor who makes everything a lot easier. And again, you know, it's, it's not just one mentor who can take you from point A to point B. You have to try different combinations of people in different domains so that you figure out what is your way of doing that particular thing. Mentors are super important. They make your life way easier than you think they do.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree with you. In fact, mentors allow you to accelerate your success and one thing i want to point out that you said that i'm 100 you know with you on is going through different mentors also allows you to have that kind of exposure and that exposure helps you realize which is the right path that suits your goals for your business because i personally feel if you are absolutely new to the industry And you start off with one mentor, then you're literally wearing blinders, right? Because the whole purpose of focus is to follow one course until success. So essentially, you will just follow that one course. And we're gonna come and speak about the distractions that are there today. But when you are focused on that one path, this is how you build a funnel, this is how you run a Facebook ad, this is how you create your course. And then You shift your focus from that one mentor, maybe after a few months or maybe after a few weeks or maybe after a few years and you move and you look at what's happening out there. You realize that, oh, there is another way to do this as well. And that expands your awareness. And I firmly believe that you need to have a certain level of awareness to know what is going on in your market, in your industry for you to be able to make that decision on which is the right path for you to achieve those goals. At the same time, there is a very thin line between doing market research and probably studying from different mentors. And on the other side, you have shiny objects in rows So I think we all have been a victim, at least I can speak for myself, to shiny object syndrome where you want to just grab on to the next best offer, the next best coach, the next best course, just, you know, to believe that, oh, like, this is how I'm going to achieve my goal. And then the next second you see another Facebook ad, oh, I think this is the way and you never really achieve anything through one way. So what are your thoughts on shiny object syndrome? And have you been a victim as well to it?
0: Ah, amazing. So, uh, great question. So, yeah, I've been a victim, guilty. <laughs> so, uh, when when what I started doing is um, when, when you're new, once you click on one particular Facebook ad, which is in the domain that you wanted to, you know, you're interested in, you'll start getting a lot of them. So, I, I was in, a, I, I would say, spree of shopping online courses, watching a lot of YouTube videos, even though I have a course, which tells me a step-by-step way to do a particular thing. It's just that you get into an analysis paralysis because of the fear of failure or because of the the fear of what people might say. So that's when this is this is me. Again, it's different for different people. So once I started having this awareness of, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm spending a lot of money. I'm not implementing anything at all. So that's when I stopped. I said, okay, let me figure out a couple of things that I need right now. So I split the whole thing into, okay, Facebook ads is one part. And one part, another part is funnels and, you know, automations and stuff like that. So I figured out who should I learn from. Okay. Then I, I knew the courses that I had. I selected one. I started implementing them. So I did not care if I get results or not. If I don't, I reach out to them and ask for, you know, how I can improve and stuff like that. But all that I was focused on only if I complete 50 to 60 percentage of any course that I already have, I'm going to the next one. So like, say if if I don't have a course about Google ads, of course, I'm going to buy the best. But if I already have a course on Facebook ads, I'm not going to buy another one. So this is what I decided at a point in time. Then I followed it through. That's when I started getting results. It's never about the new opportunity. It's never about the shiny object. Yeah. So it it was never about that. It's, It's always about implementing things. So it can be anyone. It can be a person like me you're buying a course from or it can be from Tony Robbins all that you'll have to do is implement them and see what results you get and reach out to them and ask for more help. So, yeah.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. And I love the process you have towards your learning when you, I think it's a, it's a shiny object syndrome immunity hack that you just shared where you invest in a course and you just surrender yourself to not maybe the entire 100%, but to fifty, sixty 60% to at least consciously believe that okay i have extracted value from this or i know how valuable this really is and then it gives you that kind of compass okay i think i need to look i need more help i need more i need to go through another course to really dive into this subject and i think that's a really great hack that you shared at the end of the day if you are a victim to shiny object syndrome and those who are listening right now who don't know what shiny object syndrome is it just simply means not sticking to one course of action and it really becomes a shopping spree considering the the low ticket workshops being sold today it's a fish market of 99 to 499 rupee workshops and it does become very impulsive because even if you don't attend the workshop or the webinar which is paid for you're not gonna feel the pinch you're not going to be like oh my god I, I i you know it's 500 rupees it's it's 99 rupees and we've seen this marketing trend emerge just recently i would say maybe in the past you know 12 to 18 months however prior to that we saw a lot of live webinars being done and i would say at least when i started in 2018 19 Webinars were just relatively new, at least in the Indian market. Before that, when we're talking about, you know, 2018, 2017, there weren't even that many digital coaches or, you know, um, it was all the trainers and coaches and speakers were mostly, you know, running their events offline, right? Even the marketing element, I understand, to drive traffic using Facebook or Google But the destination was to get them to a physical event. Now, since you've been working with so many clients, you have also seen the trend. You've also seen what really works, what doesn't work. And all the live events have now become live events on the Internet. So seeing this this trend of so many, there's a huge surge of People shifting their business online. There's a surge of people starting their online business and entering the e-learning space. So, what was your experience, Logan, when you started to realize that this is going to really grow? This is going to become the next big thing, especially in the past few years. When when was that moment for you where you realized that this is what I want to do for the next five years?
0: <laughs> so what actually happened was uh, when, when we started doing this thing, as you said, there were a lot of live events which were happening. Even though the, the new 99, thing or new online, but this was the model that we used to follow in events. Either it will be a free event or a very low ticket event where they do a three-day you know event. Then it's, they sell a high ticket product or a one-day event and sell a high ticket product. So uh, I think the, the same model has been brought to online. Uh, to answer your question, when did I think about this is, uh, once I was running Facebook ad, uh, at, at a point we had somewhere around 15 clients or something like that. Every day, we used to get a minimum of 15 to 20 sales for any any client, any day. So that's the point I was like wondering, oh my God, we're actually making so much money out of this. It's, it's not profitable. Of course, you know, your front end products is not profitable. But uh, I was wondering about the the way people are actually buying into these kind of things. And uh, uh, upsell is also happening. So that's the point that I realized. There are a lot of people that we can reach out to. That's the moment that I realized the number of people that are actually online. And we can sell to a lot of people uh, just through online alone. We don't have to do live events and stuff like that. So it was insane.
1: Exactly. And like you rightly said, that there were a lot of free three day events or a free nine to five event. And then at the end, there would be this offer. And when you look back at it, it's just completely translated into the same model, but online. And in fact, it's, it's saving people a lot of money because they don't have to rent out an auditorium or a hall anymore. They can just sit in their home and have a decent webcam and a microphone and just conduct an entire day or entire three-day webinar and, you know, make an offer at the end of it. So it's really, it's amazing how everything has just shifted online, uh, considering the situation as well. It's exploded. Every day I see a new Facebook ad from a new coach or consultant and it's great because the opportunity is in abundance. And that's fantastic. So, Slogan, let's dive into the phase where you're helping a lot of clients and you're helping drive traffic to their events and now they have shifted online. So, when they shifted online, all this is happening. What happened to your training career? Were you still pursuing your training as a trainer or did that take a back seat and you said, okay, I just want to focus on my agency business now?
0: This I felt because... Somewhere I had a feeling that I need to do something, achieve something in order to be at a point where I teach other people how to do stuff. So even though I hosted my first event and had 10 people, 15 people in, I still felt it was not enough in order to teach other people how to do a few things, right? So somewhere that feeling was there. If, if you're listening to this, if someone is listening to this, please do not have that. Of course, you have to implement and you have to get results in order to get, you know, other people results, figure out a framework, figure out uh, how you can help others, how this particular framework can help others and start launching. Because when I see someone buying a particular course from one of my clients and they buy a similar kind of course from a different kind of client, I see that they did not resonate with the person uh, number one, but they resonated more with the person number two. So it's it's never about if I have to do it, if I can do it, or will anyone listen to me. It's just that you have to be very true to yourself and uh, your intention should be very pure. That's when you start attracting the kind of clients that you wanted. Again, going back to your question where, uh, yeah, it took a backseat. So I wanted to prove to myself that, yes, I can run a successful agency by helping experts you know, reach out to more people, getting more clients and stuff like that. So I think I'm on the verge of building my own right now. Uh, we had pretty good success for the past few years, and I'm very happy with the clients that I've worked with. And yeah, of course, we are, they are also happy.
1: There's always a place and time for everything. That's what I firmly believe in. And especially when you're starting out in this industry, you have to pick one area that you want to focus on. And that's exactly what you did. So when we speak about all these coaches and speakers and trainers and you probably you've worked with or you've witnessed, what do you think is the number one mistake that that they're making?
0: Somewhere I feel that for this is this is for some kind of clients that we do not like working with. These people, it's not their fault. It's just that when they give the work to us, they think that we should get sales. its We are just an extension of what they are. So as, a, as an agency, this is what we say to our clients. What your intention is, that's what is going to grow in the ads. That's what is going to be shown in your offer or anything that we advertise. So uh, we make sure that their intentions are right. And sometimes we got stuck with people who do not you know, want to impact people rather than just make money so i think that's the number one mistake that people make they think that this is a get rich quick kind of a scheme where uh, our agency has a lot of testimonials and stuff like that so they think that okay when i go to this person they'll make me money so i they just pay us money they give money to facebook ads they do very less work towards getting their clients results so i think that's the number one mistake i would say they think that it's it's just a money mission
1: i'm really glad that you brought that up because there is a lot of wrong expectations especially in the industry and if i just speak from a very holistic point of view you see that there is always going to be a percentage of people who are genuinely concerned about the impact that they want to create and there will be people who are just generally concerned with how much money they're gonna have at the end of the month in their bank account. And as an agency owner, you speak to a lot of clients and I'm sure that you also have some kind of pre-qualification because you don't want to work with anyone and everyone who doesn't resonate with your values. So I'm really glad that you brought this up because we do have coaches, speakers, and trainers who you know would be tuning into this podcast. And I want them to know, That just because you approach an agency, that doesn't mean we're a magic wand. We are an extension of what you're doing. We're here to help you do it better. So I'm really, really glad that you brought that up because even though you've got results for so many others, there is a certain level of commitment required from the person himself or herself. It's teamwork makes the dream work. Now, considering the the trend in different marketing tactics, we've been through you and I have seen the live webinar, we've seen the paid webinar, we've seen the, the low-ticket workshops. What do you think, according to you, your experience, do you feel that there is a general solution to all coaches, speakers, trainers out there?
0: I wouldn't say it's general, but uh, let's, let's uh, you know, categorize. Okay, So, if, if someone is starting out, if they are very new to this, they don't have any testimonials at all i would recommend uh, starting with their own facebook profile start creating content you know make sure you invite people for a free you know 4 hour session 3 hour session then you know try to sell uh, whatever you want and then get results from there you can scale up with different kinds of things so when i say that if you're a beginner if you start doing webinars on day 1 you're not going to get results i'm i'm being very honest Uh, Maybe it's for the top 1% of people who knows how to speak, who are into the marketing field and who has uh, memorized each and everything that uh, Russell Brunson says. So that's possible for them. But apart from that, a lot of us cannot do that. Webinars is not easy. There's a lot of uh, psychology goes into webinars. So when you wanted to start out, start out with your Facebook profile or if you are comfortable with uh, live events, uh, which means, you know, the five day classes or anything, Okay. So you start with something where you actually connect with that person. That's the most important thing that you'll have to do because that's when you understand what's going in their head, what's the struggles that they are actually facing in order to get the desired results that they wanted. So if you start connecting with people, that, that's when you'll know what exactly to talk in order to get a sale. So,
1: yeah. This is extremely valuable what you just shared. Another question I want to ask you, Slogan, is with respect to niching down having a micro niche and you see all the coaches that are coming to the market you see a lot of motivational speaker personality development coach at least i have noticed a lot of generalists let's take an example let's say there is a person who is a motivational speaker he's a motivational coach and he comes to you and says Slogan, i want to create an online course which is going to motivate people to live their best life. What would your first advice be to this person? See,
0: this is a crazy example that I use always with anyone, any client. I would say, I do not know what you've been doing in the offline world. But when you're selling things online, when you're selling anything online, you have to be very specific about what is the product that you're creating and to whom we are actually selling it to, right? Uh, so this example that I give is if we are selling it to everyone it's like uh, advertising a comb and we'll be selling the comb uh, advertising that to a person who has hair and who doesn't have hair and you know who's also bald. So we have to be very specific about okay I'm gonna sell a comb this is for a guy with a lot of hair a lot of uh, you know, long hair like a girl but a curly hair so something like that. So be very specific about the kind of product and to whom it actually is so that we can get them the actual uh, results that they wanted because the oil a person uses a, a guy with a good hair uses and with a bald guy uses it's it's completely different so think about the results that you wanted to get and actually work backwards on you know the things that you wanted uh, to, to make that happen. So once you know who's that person, that's when you'll be able to figure out what are the other challenges that they have and then work towards giving that as bonuses so that they feel it's for them rather than, you know, uh, selling a comb to a bald person. So
1: Absolutely. I think uh, you couldn't have said it better. The fact of the matter is that if you think you're going to serve everyone, then the truth is that you're going to land up serving no one. I personally believe the more specific you are with the problem you're solving and the solution you have to offer you have a higher chance of attracting that niche audience so we have so many different kinds of sales funnels there are you know funnels that start off with a low ticket front end and then there's a value ladder then there are straightforward high ticket funnels What have been the top two or three funnels that you have built for coaches that you know are proven to work?
0: There are actually a lot of categories when it comes to the kinds of clients that we take. But usually they fall under one is a beginner. Another one is a, they are, they're not the pros. They're not influencers having hundreds and thousands of followers. And the next one is the actual influencer. So the beginner, we work with uh, low ticket products in the front end. We highly recommend not to hire us until they get at least 100 uh, low ticket uh, sales from their organic outreach. And then from there, we scale it up. So we give them surveys and stuff like that so that they are prepared to scale this up. And number two is the intermediate. We again suggest them a couple of things depending upon who they are. So uh, there is also this personality where someone would be okay with spending five hours uh, every day on, uh, on this particular kind of business. But there are others who just wanted to spend five hours once in a week. So uh, and there is also another thing where people are some people are comfortable taking videos and some people are doing it live. so it, it completely depends upon the person. So we try to understand and analyze who they are and what they are comfortable with. And then we suggest for intermediate, we suggest, you know, either webinars or again, a low ticket uh, product from there, you know, they sell a high ticket product, something like that. And for pros, we uh, usually start with high-ticket because uh, there's always this mastermind uh, uh, group which can get uh, quick money. So they're also happy <laughs> when we start with that. Uh, we start with uh, high-ticket masterminds. Then we reverse work towards what kind of client that we wanted and uh, put out the next, uh, you know, let's say masterminds or level 3. Uh, we then create the level 2 and level 1 according to what works. So...
1: Okay. So basically identifying the highest ticket offer and then reverse engineering into medium and lower ticket offers to allow the audience to kind of climb that ladder of value. If the person is new, they don't even probably know how to create a course, right? They don't even know what kind of systems to use because even if you are going to sell a low ticket, you need to have some kind of a basic funnel in place. So do you recommend that they build a simple landing page, a simple sales page, or just send a payment link directly with an offer that this is what you're going to learn? Like what, because this is a very critical step for someone who is just starting out. Personally, notice this with my clients as well, they get overwhelmed. With technology, they're like, you know, they just want to stay away from it. And I want to know from your slogan, when someone is starting out and they want to create an online course, which is going to be a low ticket, maybe under a thousand rupees or 500 rupees, whatever it is. What would you recommend to this person to create a landing page, to create a sales page or just post it on their Facebook that this is what I'm offering and this is a payment link?
0: What I would suggest for them is making it super simple. Creating content, which is value adding content. And then making them go to a payment page and actually making the payment. And then from there, actually making them join a WhatsApp group and doing the live webinar or stuff like that. Then from there, slowly the systems can be built. But some people, they wanted the first thing to be perfect. So we do build funnels for them. But uh, when we start, I would suggest create value content, see how the market is responding. Then, you know, get back to us with the feedback on what's what's happening. So then we, su- we suggest them things.
1: Absolutely. And I think what you said makes absolute sense. When you're building a funnel, you need to have a landing page, which can be either built on something as economical as WordPress or something as not so economical as a ClickFunnels. And there are many other builders as well. So which is one that you recommend Is there just one go-to solution for you that you recommend or does it depend on your client's budget?
0: Since I'm a crazy fan of ClickFunnels, I suggest that. But uh, you can also start with the WordPress and uh, stuff like that. But when I started, when, when I built my first funnel during my event, WordPress was very difficult for me to put down things and edit. And there were a lot of things that I had to do. Plugins and I had to buy Bluehost. There were a lot of things, right? So... But yeah, there are other uh, free tools as well as of now. But when I got into this, ClickFunnels was the only source uh, of easy drag and drop thing, kind of a thing. I had Thrive themes as well, but ClickFunnels was uh, way easier than anything that I have ever experienced till now. So yeah, I would uh, recommend ClickFunnels because any advertisement that you wanted to do, you need a landing page. It can be hosted on any platform. I do not mind. But uh, if, you're, if you're doing it on your own, try to get something like ClickFunnels so that it, it becomes easier for you. It's it's nothing more than that.
1: Absolutely. And you and I have to sit and talk about this. I think we'll get into a debate because I, I've used ClickFunnels for entire year and I realized that I can build something similar using WordPress without spending $97 a month. I've built everything on WordPress. Do you feel that... Copywriting is something that can be learned over a period of time by practicing because a lot of people don't really understand that your message that you put out there to the market is what's going to bring in your leads and your sales. And if you're not able to really craft that message, whether it's through your landing page or whether it's through your Facebook ad, then you're not going to see those results. And I've personally seen this in... You know, my own business and in business of my clients where just by changing the headline, just by changing a few sentences or just by adding bullet points, it makes a world of a difference. So I want you to just share with the audience, what is your perspective on the importance of copywriting?
0: When I started, again, I did not know anything about copywriting. I did not know what to write on the landing page. So it's, it's, it's all about, again, I, I, I do not know what to do. I go search for the person who already knows it and learn from that person. So at that time, I had someone who uh, really taught me what exactly to be written. But the, the essence of the whole copy is, is a combination of what is your intention plus what are the problems that your clients are facing. So if you understand this, you know, this this combination of this, that's when you do not have to be a pro at writing. It's just that the combination of what you know of the person and what is their intention would have an amazing, you know, copy written on your landing pages or ads or anything like that. So it's a, it's a learnable skill. Of course, it takes some time. You'll have to go through a lot of landing pages in order to learn it. You have to go through a few frameworks in order to understand uh, how to write, if in case of you're selling a low ticket product or a high ticket product, what to write on an ad or to write on an image, there are different aspects to it. But when I say I'm from a background, I'm from a village, like I'm not drawn and bought up in Chennai. So if I can learn these kind of stuffs and actually make this happen, I think anyone could.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I think your mindset determines everything in your life. And if you think you can you can if you think you can't guess what you can't when you enter the digital marketing space you realize oh this is what copy is like this is how important it is and i have personally like studied and watched so many videos like you have to already understand how it works but it definitely is a learnable skill in fact it's a very lucrative skill to have because words that sell are powerful the two pillars Of any successful business are traffic and conversion and in other words leads and sales i want to ask you about the marketing now with respect to organic and facebook ads because a lot of people come up to me and said i don't want to do facebook ads i don't want to lose money and i'm like with that attitude you definitely will Let's discuss uh, about Facebook ads. When should someone get into it? Uh, what should the strategy be? Like, let's just get some bullet points out of you on this.
0: When you're starting out, I wouldn't recommend Facebook ads. Again, talking to the audience. So where I wanted to understand, first of all, if a, if a client is coming to me and uh, he's he or she is saying I wanted to run Facebook ads, I would ask them, do you know your customer? Do you know the pains that they... Uh, are facing right now do you understand what is not letting them sleep at night so these are the things that i ask them and if they give right answers and you know i'm able to see through the experiences that this is what they will be facing according to the industry stats so then we go with facebook ads if not i would recommend them go with the questions on quora the questions uh, that are typed on google youtube videos a lot of things like that and actually start creating content and create a lead magnet so that a survey can be filled out with a list of questions, which makes them understand what exactly the client is facing right now. So when you go with Facebook ads, do not go with the thought of, uh, I already know them. So whatever I'm going to say is something that they are going to buy. That's not going to happen and you will lose money. So understand that person always have emotions in your advertisements. That's That is what is going to help you get sales. Yeah.
1: Without a doubt, knowing your audience is the most important step because that's what translates in your ad. Let's dive into what really makes a good high converting ad. What would be a a model to adopt in crafting a killer Facebook ad?
0: We usually go with uh, statements on the ads or something which is, uh, you know, which is running through their head, but they've not said it out loud. So this is what we understood. When when you try to get what's already in their head, that's when you know they'll stop and actually start reading your ad. It can be a video, it can be a creative, but the point is to make them understand you're there, uh, you understand what they're going through. So if you can do that without being too negative, that's when your ads will start performing. And uh, when it comes to the video or the image, try to... Stick to the latest trends of advertisements which are getting good, good click-through rates and stuff like that. How you can do that is by just scrolling through social media and see what ad you're actually stopping and actually making an effort to click or go inside it and stuff like that. So try to good designs helps a lot in terms of uh, reducing your cost uh, or lead or conversion or whatever it is
1: absolutely and do you think there is a preference towards using videos
0: absolutely so i would uh, somewhere some some audiences or some clients that we have are not able to make videos but always do a combination of video and uh, uh, image ads because videos is where they are spending most of their time with anyone on on uh, instagram or facebook either they are looking at reels or facebook watch this is the most of the market so and they spend most of the time in watching these kind of things. And uh, in video, the added advantage is that they are connecting with you. So if you're a trainer, of course, I would recommend doing your own video rather than animation videos and stuffs. They're connecting with you. They are sold on the kind of information that you're already sharing. So you would have a better quality of client when it comes to uh, you know a video ad. But yeah, of course, in the landing page, you can do videos. But having a video on the advertisements helps a lot. And the cost per conversion on a video ad compared to an image ad, when you're starting out, the cost per uh, conversion on a video ad is really
1: low. So how long do you think the video should be?
0: When it's a low-ticket product, not more than two minutes, maximum we're talking about, 120 seconds is maximum. Very less, I would say 30 to 45 seconds. So, yeah.
1: Okay, because... We understand that the attention span of people (laughs) compared to the goldfish. True. (laughs) So I think that is a sweet spot. I agree with you that uh, 45 seconds to two minutes weighs enough time because the whole purpose of Facebook advertising works on the principle of pattern interruption. You got to give people a reason to give that thumb a rest and stop scrolling. In fact, I've seen people who have... Uh, the first line in their ad saying, stop scrolling and read this right now. <laughs> so the, what I really love about Facebook ads is that you have a lot of scope of being creative. For someone who enjoys exploring that creativity, it's 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 like a, a kid in a candy store. Because regardless of whatever your objective is, whether it's lead generation for a webinar, it's a sales page for a paid webinar or a workshop or um watching an evergreen webinar, the point is that, There are a lot of advertisers who are doing more or less the same things. They're doing, applying the same styles, the same frameworks. But when you do something out of the box, it can either be really good or be really bad. But (laughs) you have that freedom to utilize the platform as creatively as you can. And I have seen some really creative ads that uh, have been really inspiring. believe that oh like wow this is really a unique way of doing an ad because i feel this is what i feel and i want you to disagree or agree with me here is that when the whole purpose of running an ad on facebook is to ensure that the user is is having a good experience on the platform true so when your ads don't really feel like ads and they are native and they are like any other post nowadays you see so many different ads and The moment you see an ad, you know, it's an ad, right? You just know it because every third or fourth post is an ad and you can see the way it's written and you see the image looks like a pamphlet, Yeah. (laughs) you know? So when you actually integrate an element of video, you are creating that relationship with your audience directly right there. And that's where you bring in your hook, your story, your offer. And uh, I think that's, that's what really works. But at the end of the day, everyone is unique and... Someone might not like my face, but like your face and want to, you know, so that that's always going to be there. And as long as you own your personality, you own your message. And even though you can always model what other people are doing, never copy and know that you are as unique as your fingerprint, because that's what's really going to stand out. If you're trying to be like everyone else and you're not going to really have that much of a of a, a long-term success so i'm glad that you brought that up with respect to the importance of videos and facebook ads and how that should really work so before we close slogan um i want to know what are three books that you would recommend to anyone listening and if you have a separate category of books for the mindset and a separate category of books for marketing then that would be great as well so i'll leave that up to you for mindset i would
0: starting with power of your subconscious mind joseph murphy and uh, of course the secret again for mindset and uh, for marketing i would recommend starting with russell brunson with his dot uh, com secrets and then go with expert secrets then traffic secrets if it's required again it's uh, a lot of reputation is there so for i think it's a combination of mindset and marketing works the best when it comes to succeeding in the online
1: industry absolutely i think those books should be on every bookshelf how important is it for you to learn something new on a regular basis
0: Uh, i go crazy uh, because (laughs) if if i don't you know learn something new on a regular basis which is on a daily basis I feel that I've missed something in my life. It can be about anything. It can be about spirituality. It can be about marketing. It can be about mindset. I do not go with fictional books, but uh, nonfiction, I try to read or listen to audiobook once in a day at least because somewhere we are humans. We are are not robots where we record everything and do as it is. So a lot of books can be uh, repeating the same thing again and again. It's just a reinforcement of, what you want to do, who you want to be. So uh, every day, do something towards, you know, learning because it it keeps your mind straight, even though you would have a lot of problems with just life. So, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I think I don't remember the last time I read a fiction book. Yeah, (laughs) I I don't. In fact, uh, it's really been a long time. And uh, I'm glad it is that way because the knowledge in the books that we read for our marketing and for our mindset our uh, books that actually add value to our lives and the more value we can add to our lives the more we can add to others as well so it's all a chain reaction uh, slogan just want to know what is one thing you wish you had known when you started your agency
0: uh, money management because uh what happens is once you start getting money because see i'm i'm from a you know lower middle class family and in a job i i did not really know about what is money management savings and stuff like that. I, I just know to spend because I had money I can spend. So that's all I knew about it. And uh, starting an agency was again, tough without employees. You have to do all the work. Scaling up was difficult. The habit of spending money did not go till the point I realized, uh, okay, I'm, I don't have anything at all right now. I should do something about it. What, what is the kind of savings that I should do? That's when I started exploring books with, uh, you know, which which explains financial, how to manage your finances and stuff. And I started going to events for that too, specifically how to manage money. That's when I started creating wealth. Uh, before that, I had money. That's what I would
1: say. Right. I think that's very well put. Wealth creation and having money are two separate ballgames all together. You know, before we close this conversation, I just want to know, Slogan, what does success mean to you?
0: Oh, wow <laughs> so it's it's all about being healthy spending the time with the best of the people that you have around uh, yourself and you know to maintain this you need something that you are really passionate about which which makes a living which you can make a living out of it so it's a combination of all these three things uh, something that you can work on so that you can earn money and spend a lot of time with uh, the loved ones and being very healthy so that you can lead a happy life so at the end it's it's all about uh, fulfillment so i think if you have a combination of all these three things uh, you you would feel fulfilled so that's what success means to me
1: i think that's beautiful the way that you summarized it all into a remarkable word called fulfillment just feeling fulfilled in all aspects of your life from your self-education to your personal growth to your professional agency it has been a remarkable conversation to say the least with your slogan i truly appreciate the time that we've spent together and i'm sure that all the listeners have immense value to take from this conversation thank you so much for being a guest on strictly motivation slogan i truly appreciate it
0: absolutely man this has been an honor i would say you know even though we are, uh, you know, we are in the verge of, you know, a lot of people are feeling that because of Corona, they are losing a lot of things. I'm glad that we are doing this because somewhere, something we would have said, you know, which is going to give a spark to someone and they might take action towards uh, the, what they wanted to do in their life. It, it can be about building the faith that they wanted. I'm very happy that we did this. I thank you so much for uh, making me do this. Uh, You're doing a great job. This is beyond us. And uh, I wish the best for you.
1: Thank you so much, Logan. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Strictly Motivation. I hope you learned something valuable from this conversation. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media and tag us using the handle at the rate Strictly Motivation Official. To access all the links and resources related to this episode, head to strictlymotivation.com. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode. And remember to never stop believing in yourself.